fucking sound? sound? How's my motherfucking sound? How's my sound? How is my sound? How is my sound? My sound. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are in the reactor, back in the reactor. Adam. I'm Adam. I'm that, Noah. That is Noah. That's my brother. That voice is Noah. This voice is Adam. Hey, Adam, start us off with some grapes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we know you're in yoga class, which I haven't been to in, in a year plus right now. But we do yoga in, in this room that we're in right now. Yoga, yoga waste of time. Um, there's a little twist at the end, right before you get to the corpse pose, called the supine twist, which feels really good when you put your knees over your body. And you, stre- you put your knees one way and you, and you look the other way, and it creates this like, really good twist on your spine. The only problem is that in the class, every girl that's next to their boyfriend, because they're reaching out, yeah. will try to reach their boyfriend's hand. Oh my god, Every yeah, Every yeah, girl yeah. in the class with their boyfriend, me. including maybe your own girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend, love touch, you. Love, yeah, touch, and love, they're just like, yes, me. like yoga. The light inside of me sees the light in you, and touch. And the boyfriend's just like, please don't do it in class. We had please, a business idea. Please don't do it in class. We had a business idea for a little bit called <laughs> we were gonna call it motherfucker yoga. <laughs> still and a great it, idea. It's still a good idea. If anyone wants to run with it, you can just go ahead. Motherfucker yoga. It was basically like yoga for yoga without the woo woo. That was like more, you know, more hardcore. Yeah. What's your great motherfucker yoga? My gripe, when we went to get our dirty chais today, before we recorded, you forgot your mask, so I had to go in and order both of our dirty chais. You like yours hot. I like mine iced. The problem is that there's there's no way that I can explain to the barista through the mask. Barista. 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 Through the mask, effectively, that I want mine to be iced and yours needs to be hot. So so you just went with hot. So I just went with both of them hot. And now I have a, I have a hot dirty chai, which is good, but I wish it was iced. Well, guess what? You can turn the hot into iced easy. And the hot one contains more energy because of its heat. So that's why I usually go with hot because it gives you more energy naturally because of the heat transfer. Right. But then it would melt the ice, making a watery dirty chai, which is literally the last thing I would want. Then that would be another gripe. Yeah. No, that's true. Adam. Also, one. hey, yep. you got a game for us. Yeah. Guys, I want to play a little game to start us off. Play a little game. Play a little game. So, no, a question for you. Are you familiar with the Oakland Raiders? Yes. Because you're a big football guy. <laughs> this guy loves yes, football. Yes, this guy loves football. <laughs> okay. So the Raiders, they started in LA, right? The LA Raiders. They moved to Oakland and then they moved to Las Vegas. So let me ask you a question. What town does that team belong to? Oh, I love it. I would say I would say that they definitely belong to Oakland because that's where the soul of the team still is. What What is the soul of the team? What's the soul of the team? Okay, good. I feel like the the like the fandom the most fandom that they have comes from Oakland like the black hole with all you know, you guys know like all the people dressing up as as the the warriors with the, like the painted face all in black yep. I feel like all their fandom and that all that comes from Oakland okay so you think that what makes a raider is the city of Oakland not LA and Vegas yes but when you think of those cities Vegas right LA Oakland they still have that kind of outlaw kind of culture so you're saying it's the soul of the team? Or you I don't think LA has that outlaw culture like like Oakland or Vegas does. Well, I mean, the gangsters from LA made Vegas. 
The what? Sorry. Gangsters from LA created Las Vegas. Okay, true. Place. But I, th- I think that I think Las Vegas and Oakland are closer than than LA. Like it doesn't have that that um that that dirty like the dirty hustle like hustling hustling vibe. Okay, so you're is it the town you're saying, or is it the soul of the team that makes a raider? I think it's the soul. The town contributes to the soul. So. It, the town contributes to the soul, yes. but mainly it's the soul. It's this the spirit of the team. Yes. Okay. So Al Davis, the owner of the Raiders, Jewish, would agree with you. Shout out. Al Davis said that the Raiders, they don't belong to any city. He said that a member of the Raiders was a member in spirit rather than location. And That's the, awesome. And that the Raider was an outlaw. That's it awesome. It doesn't matter what city they're in. As long as you're an outlaw, baby. Yeah. So uh, from the book, Better to Rain in Hell, it's about the black hole. By Jim Miller and Kelly What's May. the Black Hole? Just explain. So the Black Hole is a section of the Oakland Coliseum where they like they dress up and they like in crazy costumes and they like yell and they get crazy and they tailgate. You know, it's the fan. It's like a really deep fan section. Cool. Okay, so what makes a Raider fan? If you know your boss isn't better than isn't any better than you are, you are a Raiders fan. The author is right. If you flip off the guy who cuts you off on the freeway, you're a Raiders fan. <laughs> if you watch gangster films and root for the mob, you're a Raiders fan. That's from Better to Rain in Hell. So I think that what Al Davis is saying, what the Raiders are saying is that the city, it doesn't matter. You can be a part of Raider Nation anywhere you are. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So Noah, what's our topic today? That's a great segue to our topic. Our topic is, just like the Raiders, what is identity? Okay. And we're going to use the ship of Theseus paradox to explain it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in beginning is that don't suck. Adam, he's got 60 seconds to tell us what is the ship at Theseus? How does it relate to identity? Adam? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one, go. So the ship of Theseus is an ancient Greek thought experiment, Noah. It raises the question of whether an object that has all its components replaced is fundamentally the same object. So in this experiment, it comes from the Greek hero Theseus who returns from his fight with the Minotaur. You remember your history class. And his boat is stored in a museum. Over time, some pieces of the boat begin to rot away, and they are replaced by new pieces. After about a century, every part of the boat has been replaced. And so the question now is that whether the restored ship is the same object as the original. This famous quandary has been hotly debated, hotly debated through time by Plato, through John Locke, and into modern times, and is especially relevant today when we talk about identity and what makes us who we really are. Beautiful. Yeah. Guys, the theme for this episode, tell us, change versus identity. Oh, change versus identity. Yeah. The central paradox to the ship of, the- ship of Theseus. When do I change something so much, Adam, yeah. that I lose, that I lose its lose identity? You lose who you are. It loses its identity. Okay, so you're saying that change and identity, change can't be a part of your identity. Change can't be a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the balance, basically. Okay, so what is, can you explain more about this thought experiment, Noah? Yeah, absolutely. So the ship of Theseus underlying, it's, it's basically what makes something what it is or what makes us who we are. Okay, so if, you're, if a broom breaks, if you're using yeah. a broom, Adam, when you're sweeping Nimbus, doing the chores. Nimbus 2000. Huh? Nimbus 2000. Nimbus 2000. Are you familiar with it? Nimbus 2000. Well, I have a firebolt personally. So if you're using a broom, okay, you break the handle, you replace the handle. You break the brushes, you replace them. Right. Before you know it, you've replaced the whole broom. Yeah. Is that a completely new broom? Is it different or the same? Um, okay. Right? Another modern example. I think that people would say that it's a, um, 
if you replace both parts of the broom? I think it's a different broom. You think it's a different broom if you replace two every part, part of the it's broom? It's only two parts of the broom. Yeah. Okay. If a band was to play for years, Adam, any band you like, let's say a band's playing for forever, okay? Yeah. Like, and the, then ro- like the Rolling Stones? One after, yep, yeah, like the Rolling Stones, okay? And then one after the other, every member of the band, Blink-182. They leave. Blink-182. No, no, no. Blink-182 still has original members. Yeah, but no, no, no. The guitarist, uh, the alien guy left, Tom. Drummer. No. No, no, not the drummer. No, not no, the drummer. Tom not DeLong. Travis. Tom yeah. DeLong, the guitarist. Yes, he left. The new album is with a different guitarist. He was, and he was, uh, he wrote the lyrics and stuff, right? Uh, he was kind of the heart and soul. Mar- no, no, no. I think it's Mark Tom. Mark and Tom, they okay. guitar, lyrics, and then Travis is the, is the drummer. Okay. Savant. Or exa- examples of bands that every member has left, but they still have the same name. Yes, the band Yes, the band Humble Pie, or Quiet Riot. Who the fuck are those? That's for your boomers. What that's, the hell are you talking about? That's a shout about? out to the boomers. What, anyway, what, Adam, what about a band that everyone actually knows, like Blink-182? Yeah, well, all the members have to leave, Adam, for that to be an example. No, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, is, you could do it with Blink-182. Is Blink-182 the same band just because they have a different guitarist? What do you think? Okay, that's true. If one member leaves and then the, another one comes, are they the same band? Yeah, tell me. Okay, that's good. What if the, ori- what if, what if the original members... Okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah. Okay? What if I'm in a band? Yeah. Okay. I found a band. We have all these songs. I then leave the band. I start, okay. I start a new band, and I want my songs back. Right? Who, who gets those songs? What if I wrote them when I was part of the other band? Okay. You wrote songs in another band. Oh, no. You wrote songs for the same band, and you go to a different band. Okay? Mm-hmm. Who owns the songs? Yeah. It's a property of the first band. Okay. That's your opinion. Well, because you are part of a group, right? You're a group entity. Yeah, so this, the ship of Theseus comes up into law a lot, Yeah, it does. Adam, it does. okay? Especially with computer programming. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's say that, that I'm, I'm coding. I write all the code for this company. Yeah, you do. Right? You write all the code. Then I... You then personally. I own it. Yeah. Okay, then I leave. After years, the code is... Other people come in. The code has changed so much after years. Who owns it then? Who is the, who, who is the actual creator of the software? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I would say, am I allowed to engage with you? You're allowed to engage with me. Okay. Let's engage in conversation. Let's engage in conversation. I have a really but, good example next. I just want to get to. I know. Engage. Um, I would say that you are the original writer of the code. It's being maintained. What if, what if every it, line of it has changed? Yeah. You're still the original writer of the... That's not, that doesn't change. You're, you're asking, is the product the same? Okay. Well, when we get to solutions, I'll, t- I'll, I'll touch on that, Adam. Okay. All right, the body, we're going out of the body, replaces itself every, every seven years. So what does this mean for us? Are we a different person at the end of those seven years, Adam? All of your cells have been replaced. Yeah. This is an issue. So if the ship of Theseus or bands are new when all of the parts are replaced, then the issue becomes at what point are they new? Much like you just pointed out with Blink-182. Yeah. Right? When they replace one, one member, at what point is the thing new? Okay, is it one member of the band? Is it two members? Is it a majority of the band? Mm-hmm. If one plank of the ship of Theseus is left from the old ship, does that mean it's still the old ship, Adam? Yeah. You okay. you what would you you would say yes? Well, in the body in the body experiments, because your cells change all the time, right? So technically, you're different than who you are like ten years ago, because all your cells have died and regenerated. Yeah. So are you the same person? 
Well, I like what you said at the top with, with uh, the Raider, the Raider situation. Like, I think that the soul has a lot, the soul and the consciousness has a lot to do with who you are rather than your material body. This problem, the yeah. problem with when something changes so much that it, it is actually like, it is actually something else. Yeah. Is known as a, as a sororities paradox. It comes from the Greek word for heap. And it's originally phrased in Greek as how many grains of sand make a heap. What's a heap? Right. Exact. Exactly. A heap is arbitrary. Is that something what that is you heap? get in Warcraft? A heap? Yeah. A heap. In, in a Cool Runnings, they use a heap, I think, to describe something. Yeah. Okay. Adam, what are some possible solutions to this? Okay. So you've just outlaid all these different kind of experiments, right? They're really cool and we could get really, really into. But in the, in the sake of brevity, because this podcast could be like three hours. So there's so much to talk about. Here. Right. I love this. I love this one. Can I, can I, can I just can I throw one more in there? Yeah, I want to. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're playing pickup soccer, Adam, absolutely, with a group of people that you this really know, I want. This is the know I want. Yeah, right if here. you're playing pickup soccer with a group of people that you really like, yeah, okay. But then a couple months later, that same pickup soccer group at the same time at the same field, interesting, becomes a bunch of people that are different is, that you don't I like. Knew, I knew it. I knew right? It. Yeah. And the soul of that pickup soccer actually changes. It changes. Well, it changed fields too. Yeah. Okay. So true still story, called, but it's still called the same thing. Yeah. Okay, it's still called the same thing. Right. At the same time. Right. Is that different pickup soccer or not? Yeah. Tell us impossible solutions in your section. Okay. So I the pickup I just want to talk about the pickup soccer really quick. Sure. Because when I first got to Portland, we found a little pickup soccer game at a field right next to me. It has since blown up to a bigger field with a bigger game with all sorts of different people. And the original members of the pickup soccer, who was fun to play with, they've left and been replaced by miscreants. When Adam describes the same thing that I just described, does it become a different thing or the same thing? I just, I'm just, yeah, no, I agree with you. Keep going. You're doing good. Because miscreants, keep going. Pick they're up they're miscreants. miscreants. Do you like them? Do I like the pick up soccer people? Yeah. No, it's changed its soul. I don't even like playing. In I fact, was, we're not going today. I honestly think it's a different thing. It's, it's, a lot of it has changed. The field has changed, right? The people have changed. What's the same about it? Is it even, to go deeper than that, is it even soccer? That's what I was thinking that you were going to actually Oh, I love, oh that, my God, I love this. Okay, so like when you think of the Premier League, right? That's, you know, you're like, that's soccer, right? That's soccer. I know it's, that's soccer right there. And you look at them and they're just bawling and you're like, holy shit, they're so good. So when we play pickup soccer. For most people, that's the soccer they play in England. That's, the, soccer the, that's the English league. When we play soccer, is that pickup, is that still the same sport? Right. Because it's such a lower level than that. It's called the same thing. It's called the same thing. It, it uses a ball. But it looks pretty different. It has the same rules. It does not have the same rules. It does not have the same rules. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It does not have the same rules. I would personally say that it is not soccer. And that's why I don't like going. Because it, it isn't really soccer. Why would you say that? Because um, just the level of play is so low. And it and it's so... The miscreant. It's just like so, so many bad actors out there on the field. That it becomes a different game. Right. It becomes more of a game of just like... Can you get on the other team from the miscreants in order to win? It becomes a game of like, can you put all the people that are bad on one team and then everyone good go on the other team? Gutter trash. Miscreants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of people. Right? Okay. So we're talking about these solutions and these questions. Let's get really into the basic solution of what the ship of Theseus, when you really break it down, what are we trying to actually assume about the problem? So then we'll get to finding actual 
resolutions to these things. I think for the purpose of this exercise, it's good to think of the ship as being on a continuum from day zero, Noah, up to day a thousand. So you can think of the ship has a thousand boards, which is easy to think about. So at day a thousand, all the boards are going to be different. At day zero, all the boards are going to be right. the same. Yep. Give him the ship again. Just give him the ship again. Just, just, just to hit him with it again. The original metaphor. I'll hit you. Hit, hit me with hit the ship. Fucking meet with it. Hit him with the ship again. Just, just, so, just, just in case. What is the problem? Yeah. Just hit him with the original again. Okay, guys. The They're problem working here. out. They're driving, drinking yeah. coffee. No, I know. Hit him with him again. Let me just hit you with it again. Okay. okay. The ship. <laughs> And he just he just hit us, hit the podcast. The ship of Theseus, it's a Greek thought experiment in which Theseus returns home from slaying the Minotaur. Okay. okay. His ship sits in the harbor or museum, depending on what version of the story you have. And bit by bit, the ship's boards start to rot. These boards get replaced by new boards until at year 1,000, the ship is a completely different ship or it has new boards, 1,000 new boards. So the question is, is that actually a different ship or is that the same ship? Great. Thank you very much. Now go back to where you were. No problem. Okay. So the basic scenario, number one, when you replace plank after plank until the original ship doesn't share any of the same parts as the year 1000 ship, is that still the ship of Theseus? So the underlying assumption here is that if you think that ship at year 1000 is still the same ship, then you are assuming that all objects, they'll naturally undergo some kind of gradual change. So Noah, a simpler example don't you give me a side eye is that the buttons on a jacket. So Noah, if you had a jacket and one of the buttons fell off, is that still the same jacket? Yes. Why is it? Yes. Cause the major- I, I would say the majority of the same jacket is still, I think it's a pretty easy one. Majority yeah, of the I, jacket's still there. I think in general, mo- most people would agree that that is still the For jacket sure. and a button falling off is a natural con- consequence of owning a jacket. It's just a natural process of a jacket. So the assumption here is that objects all undergo some kind of change. And when you said the theme, which was change versus identity, I think that you can have change and still be who you are. I mean, change is a constant of the universe, right? Everything changes. Okay, so the resolution to this basic scenario is if we assume that ordinary objects survive gradual change, this could be the ship of Theseus. However, there is a catch, Noah. What is the catch? Okay. In the two-ship scenario, one is built from new boards, as in the basic scenario, while the other one takes the old boards okay, and builds a new ship somewhere else. So now you have two ships. You have one is built with the old board somewhere else. One is built with new the boards. Old, as you're replacing the new boards, right? the old boards are stored in someone's backyard. Then that person builds the ship again. The ship of Theseus. The ship of Theseus again with the old boards. So you have two ships. One is made from the new boards. Okay. And one is made from the old boards. So in that scenario, which one is now the ship of Theseus? And so, okay. So I took the old boards from the ship of Theseus and I built a, a, as I'm replacing them, Mm -hmm. I built another ship with the old boards and then the other ship was fully replaced with the new boards. Now I have two ships, one with new boards, one with old boards. I will tell you which one I think. The I think the old ship, I think the the one with the old boards is yeah. more the ship of Theseus than the other one. Interesting, why would you say that? I would say it because the old boards have been that in that form. They've they've been in that form and they've had that identity. Mhm. Adam, go back to our theme. They've had that identity for longer. Okay, so you're saying that the, the ship with the new boards, that is not the actual ship. 
That's a different. I, show. I would say you would have to go with the with with the old boards. Okay, so first to break this down a little bit, let's talk about the refurbished ship. So this is the ship made of new boards. It has the same claim to be the true ship as we just discussed in the basic scenario, where because objects can undergo gradual change, ship A is the ship of Theseus. It makes sense, right? Of course, unfortunately, there's two ships, and they both can't be the ship of Theseus because it applies to one thing, right? And if you're saying that ship B the ship with the old planks is the actual ship of Theseus, then ship A is therefore not the ship of Theseus, right? So then you have a paradox. For ship B, for the ship built with the original wood, it also has a good claim, as I was saying, to be the true ship, but they both can't be. And as you said, you chose ship B because it has the soul of the ship still. The ship with the old wood, yes. Yeah. So, okay, so a resolution to the double scenario. What if they are both the ship of Theseus? You think about that? Ship of Theseus applies to one thing. Can they both be the ship? If if some if someone if someone was if if I had a, a doppelganger, yeah, that looked just like me with the same name, I would not say it was the same person. It's a different person. What if they had your same brain though? I got you. Right. If they had the same brain, yeah. The I would say, uh, personally, I would say that they're different because I know that their history is different. Yeah, but their memories are going to be the same as yours. What if they have all of your memories in the same brain? Wait, so you're saying body? they have the exact same experiences as me? Yeah. That they had the same experiences? Yeah. But then they would be operating in the same same spot of space and time, which is impossible. I think that it's really important here. And what we're running into is that you take context into account when you're talking about this. So, for example... One person gives a, a very good um, scenario for the ship of Theseus. What if the ship, instead of being in a museum, instead of being in someone's backyard, it's it's in a an an art like a, the Museum of Modern Art, right? It's on lockdown in the middle of this room, and thieves come in at night, and piece by piece they take the ship and they build another ship elsewhere. They build the ship with the original planks elsewhere, so they're left with just the ship of new boards in the Museum of Modern Art. What would you say happened there? Where is the original ship? I, I, it would be the same thing. I go with the old planks. You go with the old because planks, Because right? be, be the same reason I go with, with my identity, right? Yeah. Is that the old planks, and actually the, there, is, there is a thing for this. This, is, this. this theory is called something. There is history, right? Those boards operated space and time of the ship of Theseus. Yeah. More so than the new boards. And therefore, that is the ship of Theseus. Let me just let me just keep going. That's okay. interesting. Sp so this is called spatio-temporal con continuity. Tell me what that is. A persisting object, yeah, must trace a continuous path through space-time. Yeah, but how does the new ship not have a continuous path? Because so at, wait, at one point that ship that was in the museum, it had say the ship had a thousand boards. It had five hundred. You know, it had four hundred ninety-nine boards of the new parts and five hundred and one parts of the old boards. Yes. Okay. okay, let me continue. Okay. Tracing a continuous path means that it is compatible with all of its parts changing as long as they change gradually and the former shape of the object is preserved. Okay, so so the problem that I see with this one now that I'm reading it is that this would mean that both of the ships were the ship of Theseus because yes. both of them changed gradually and that both their forms and shapes were preserved. But I would say... The old boards, because they operated more of space-time, if time time is a continuum, yeah. and space as being identified, 
Adam, mm-hmm. as the ship of Theseus, it's the old boards. Really should have taken a bong rip for this one. <laughs> should have taken a big, big <laughs> rip. It sounds pretty bong rippy anyway. We would have rambled even further. Okay, so to wrap this up, I love where you're, I'm going to get into the spatio-temporal stuff in just a second. But one thing that I was thinking about a lot of is the majority, like the, just a majority complex. Like what if you had 501 boards of the old ship and you had 499 boards of the new ship? To me, like that, because I don't know why it doesn't make a lot. It's arbitrary, right? But because there's more parts of it that still have the soul of the ship, that that would be, that would be the actual ship ship of Theseus, as long as it has more parts. I think with this stuff, yeah, I agree with you. I think your intuition, yeah, right. There's a reason why you think. Just to use an example, the the USS Constitution. Yeah. Okay, it's the world world's oldest commissioned naval vessel still afloat. Okay. Built in 1797. The USS Constitution actually only has 10% of its original parts that are still there. Yeah. It's barely the same ship. Right. Yet, in, intuitively, we think of it as the USS Constitution. We think of it as the same ship, even though 90% of it is not. Yeah, I'd say it's the same ship. Okay. Okay. So, here's a weird one for you. I'm, gonna, I'm wrapping up this section here of possible scenarios and solutions. Okay, Just bear with me on the weirdness, but it has something to do with your time continuum thing that you were saying. So okay. in this solution, we deny that ships are three-dimensional objects. We're saying, no, they're not three-dimensional objects. Actually, instead, they are four-dimensional objects. What's that fourth dimension? That fourth dimension is time. So both ships in the double scenario are like worms. This is why it's called worm theory. Because the object changes through time, like the segmented back you know, of a worm, like worm is segmented back. So the, that's the object's path through time. It has different states through time. So when I think about this, I think about like Donnie Darko, you know, the movie where they all have tubes at the end of the movie where they have tubes coming out of their chest. Are you familiar with the, the, the D I'm Darko? familiar with that scene. Yeah. Okay. So this is called perdurantism where an object has unique parts throughout its existence. You were, for example, like last night, you were not the same person that you are right now at 1155 in the morning. You don't have the same cell makeup, do you? Right. But that is okay because you are still you. You're still Noah because it's okay to change through time. Okay. So, so the three, three dimensions, what we is, is what we normally experience, right? Yeah. The fourth dimension is time. Yeah. And so you're saying that because of this, this paradox, you need to take into account time because if you're only, if you're only thinking about three dimensions, then you're, you're not letting the object change through time which is a part of an, an object. It's an, I think it's an inherent part of the universe that things change through time. So we need to take that into account. It can still be you, but you are just changing through time. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good segue. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good segue. I, I totally agree with you. Okay. And I'm, I'm not t- how, 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 would apply, how would apply? Okay. How, I, it is a, we've gone through, I think we've gone deep into the nitty gritty is what you're saying. Now, yes. Okay. So please show us the bigger picture. This is what I want to do. I want to bring, why are we even discussing this, Adam? Yeah. Why us. are we taking the time to research, to discuss it, to show it to the people? Show us the bigger picture, please. Okay. Because it applies to yourself. Yeah. How so? Okay. When you were in college. Right. I remember. Okay. You, Adam, when you were a creature, a male homo sapien creature in college, there is no way that your personality is the same as when you were in college as when now. And listener. Nope not. When you're listening, think back 10 years ago. Pizza, bong rips. What did you used to eat 10 years ago? Uh, Molly. Well, Molly, honestly. Yeah, Molly. Shrooms. <laughs> so I, what did you used to eat 10 years ago? You know, what did you like? Pizza. How did you act? Okay. 
savage. So if you can think of it, you can think Wrong. about it like this too. Roll like so. You can think about your personality. Yeah. Okay. This is called the five core factors model. All right. It's known as canoe. Canoe. Okay. And we're gonna play a little game. Let's do it. I love games. Okay. You're gonna play with me, listeners at home. Listen and play along. Yeah. Okay. Good. Say okay. The acronym is canoe, and canoe stands for conscientious. Conscientiousness, okay, which is disciplined, careful prioritization versus impulsive, messy, or dislike structure. So just think of all these, when I say these acronyms, think of them as a slider. So conscientiousness, if you slide it all the way high, you're going to be a very disciplined, very careful person. Yeah. Prioritize things. Mm. If you slide it very low, you're going to be very impulsive, very messy, not like structure. It's who are you talking about there? It's Impulsive, likely messy. Well, I'll, I'll just say it's likely that your college self, your high school self was much less conscientious than you are now. In what way? You're just less organized, impulsive, impulsive. messy, less organized. Now you're more disciplined. You're more careful. You prioritize. Things. I think it's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. So think about how much your personality has changed since then, Adam. Yeah. Okay. Now let's play the game. Conscientiousness. Okay. Okay. Where would you, how have you changed over time? Have you gone up? Are you more conscientious? Conscientious? Or lower? I can't say the word. Am I more conscientious? Yeah. Or lower? Yeah, you can say it. I literally can't say it. Well, you're, you just got to slow down a little bit. Get some air in your mouth. I think that that's when we're going to get to the end of canoe, which is neuroticism. I think that's <laughs> something we're going to touch on that with you. I'd say, yeah, I'm definitely more conscientious. Okay. And it's changed over time. Okay. Yeah. Next one. Okay. Listener. Yeah. Agreeableness. Ooh. Okay. okay. Imagine the slider again. High agreeableness means that you have empathy. Yeah. Affection. Yeah. You care about others' opinions. I do. Low agreeableness. Right. Pe- people that are cold, manipulative, mm. argumentative. Your dog. Uncooperative. <laughs> un- yeah. How, Adam, how has your agreeableness changed over time? God, that's a good one. I, I wonder if I've gotten less agreeable over time. I think that I've gotten less agreeable. Yeah. I think as you get older, you get less, you just put up with stuff a little bit less. Just have less, uh, you know, you assume, I assume worse about things now than I did when I was in high school, for sure. Yeah. So my friend, friend, shout out to Matt, shout out to Matt Jensen. He says it like this. He's a software developer. He says, as you get older, basically the code, the code that is you, it becomes more and more and more refined. Oh. Right. You're Well, who? Uh, who you think you are. Who you think you are, your personality becomes more and more and more refined. The code becomes more and more refined. Absolutely. And then with agreeableness, as far as talking to other people, giving other people a chance, maybe to become your friend, your code is so refined that it's a smaller window of who you give a chance to. Absolutely. True. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well said by uh, Mr. Mr. Jensing. Absolutely. Okay. So again, the first two, conscientiousness, the word I can't say, and agreeableness. The third. Yeah. Neuroticism. Right. Okay. Also known as the Jewish one. Yeah. The Jewish one. Okay. The Jewish canoe. High, 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 high neuroticism. Lots of worry. Up and down emotionally. For sure. Up and down mood shifts. Yeah. Anxious. Don't bounce back from events. You're upset easily. Okay. Versus people that are very emotionally stable. People that deal well with stress. People that are relaxed. People that rarely, rarely feel sad or depressed. So this canoe is really the, the cornerstones of who you think you are? 
Is that what we're talking about? It's it's called it's called the 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 big five personality traits. Okay, okay it was okay. first coined by American psychologist. Thank you for asking. First coined by American psychologist uh, Lewis. Did not write his last name. I Lewis. Just, I just wrote Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks, Lou. One of the best Lewises. Such in a good history. Lewis. Great Lewis. I, can't, I just didn't write his last name in the notes. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Neuroticism. Where would you say your neuroticism has gone? Let's move through these a little faster. Where is it? No, it's okay. You're doing. You can slow down. It's doing good. Where is my neuroticism gone? Yeah. And listener, where's your neuroticism gone since since ten years ago? Um, I'm I'm more neurotic. I have to be more neurotic. Right. You yeah. would you would have liked it to go to more emotionally unstable and deal better with stress. <laughs> That'd be it great. Feels like to me, no matter what I do, it is going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Me which too. Which is so frustrating. So meditation is obviously like yeah. you meditate to directly affect neuroticism. I wanted to bring that up too. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It 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 feels like for me it had a very small improvement, if anything, if an improvement at all. When we first started, I mean, we've been doing it for like five, six years. Right. Um, Real split on that's meditation. what meditation is supposed to help you with all of the stuff that you just mentioned. It's supposed to make you not so succumb to your thoughts and emotions to be a more balanced person. Right. I think it did. I hate doing it though. I hate doing it. I think that it does work sometimes. Other times it's very, when other times you can just get emotionally frustrated by not having it work. I can become, I actually become very neurotic about the meditation not working. Yeah, I know. I've definitely gotten more neurotic. Why is that? Um, well, I, I think that one thing it's like, there's more, obviously you have more stress in your life than you did in college. Yeah. Right. You, you have to survive now. College, you were being people were True. paying for you to survive, right? Being an adult, being an adult, being an adult is just more stress. Yeah, true. So, and and as you get older, once once you know, once we have kids, for those of you with kids out there, they definitely know you know your neuroticism has to go up at that point. Oh my god, I didn't even think when you have you a know, child, it has to go way up, right? And there's nothing you can do. So neuroticism, and 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 you can just a little side. I don't know how this is gonna work. I did. I read a study about you can see this with music, your musical taste, based on where you are at in your life. You listen to different kinds of music. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, next next one, number four. Wait, that's interesting. Listen yeah, it is interesting. I look. I I read the study. It was cool. What did it say? It said so. So it said that when you're when you're a teenager, and and you're you're based around anxiety, right? You have a lot of anxiety. You want to listen to like something heavy. Yeah. Basically. Um, they say it in more complex terms than that. When you get older, uh-huh. and a lot of a lot of you after working, after right. being neurotic, after being neurotic all day, yeah, you're a little bit tired. You might want music that's more relaxing. So like how we went from like a Blink One Eight Two kind of like a like an angsty, still love, angsty, still love rock, it. You know, I still, still love, love it though. To like a reggae, exactly. Like, a bot, like a more Bob chill. Marley. It's like when I listen to music, I just want to kind of hang out. Yeah. Rest in peace, Toots and the Maytals. Right. Don't get why people watch horror movies. Honestly, don't get it. Yeah. Cool if you do, just don't get it. Okay. Number four, openness. Yeah. Creative, high openness, creative, open to trying new things. You like new ideas. Okay. That you think about abstract concepts a lot, such as the ship of Theseus. Okay. Versus you hate change, dislikes change. You don't enjoy trying new things. Okay. Just like, and you just like thinking about abstract or theoretical concepts. Again, this is openness. How has your openness changed? I still love trying new things, but I, I don't think it's even close to what I was in college when I would just do literally anything. Or high school. Or right out of college. I was just I was down to do whatever. And now I think I've closed down a little bit. I won't do just whatever. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because when you think about like your like your overall openness, mm-hmm. 
it's like so creative. I think I'm much more creative than I was in college when I was an idiot. Definitely, definitely. An idiot brain. But like as far as like in college, I would just fly to Thailand for six months. For sure, yeah. So it's tough where your total openness has, has gone. Because you, you don't think of the consequences of things as much at all. Right. That young. Right. No, I think openness has definitely gone downhill as well. Yeah. I mean, think mm-hmm. about who you, I know who you are, right? You, if I told you, let's go to the, the, the farmer's market on Saturday that you've never been to, what are you going to say? You'd say no. no. You'd say absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely Don't not. Don't pretend like you would say yes. If no, I told I totally you, say no. let's go to the night market and like drink some drinks and walk yeah, around. Hell no. Yeah, you'd say hell no, right? Because you know, you think you know who you are a little more. Because my code, because I think that my code has gotten more refined to what I like. Yeah, definitely. Right. And, but this is a problem though. It's a problem that you yeah, don't I feel, try. I'm starting to feel really bad about myself. Right. And you, you need to try new things and you need to be okay with some of those new things sucking. Yeah. Okay. But um, you're not, you have less tolerance for it when you get older. Yeah. Can I say a good example of this? Pick up basketball. Yeah. Basketball. When me and you tried to play basketball, mm-hmm. we were open to trying basketball. Right. Now at this point, I'll never play basketball. I'll never play pick up basketball again because I just blow. I just blow and I hate playing. What are you talking about? You are short. You can't jump. I'm short. Shoot. I can't jump. I can't shoot and can't play defense. So if you want me on your team, that's tight. Okay. Number five, extroversion. Do you, high extroversion. People know this is the one people know about. You enjoy being the center of attention. You like to start new conversation. Uh-huh. You enjoy meeting new people. Feel energized around others. Okay. Versus prefer solitude. You feel exhausted after socializing. God damn it. Hate small talk. <laughs> God damn it. Careful, carefully thinks through things through before speaking. I don't know where I am on this. Oh, come on. You don't know where you are on this one? Read uh, it again. Read yeah. it again. Yeah. There's some things that I have high extroversion, but I, I really like being alone playing video games. So that's not, that's the opposite of extroversion. I know, but like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> that's introversion. I mean, no, I, I know I don't like meeting new people. Right. Don't like meeting new people. Read, can you just read Unless it again? you're a listener of the podcast. Can you read it again you. for me so I can hear it? Okay, yeah. High extroversion. Yeah. Listeners, for you too. Do you enjoy being the center of attention? Yeah. Do you like to start new conversations? Do you enjoy meeting new people? I think the most important one is, do, does being around others make you feel energized? Okay? okay. Versus, okay. do you prefer solitude? Yeah. Do you feel exhausted after socializing? Right. Do you not like small talk and do you carefully think through everything before you say it? It's tough because I, I can see you being split on that one and me being split on that one too a little bit. I mean, you don't enjoy meeting new people. No. I know that about you. Um, Unless you listen to Dude Nature podcast. Yeah. Um, you don't really get energy from socializing in general. No, I feel exhausted. Unless it's, like a, unless it's like the right kind of socializing where it's like a party with your friends. That's great. You're all, you, you'd be all for that. Right. A party with your friends, I do get more energy from. Right. But if it's like with strangers, you know, I think a lot of people would say that that's just kind of taxing and not that much fun when you're just kind of older. Right. But then there's people I know that they just, they love to party that they like, actually like, it seems like they like it. Yeah. Like they get energy from it. I mean, but I think that in general, we're probably closing down on that one as well. Right. There's a lot more nights alone, kind of playing some vids, tinkering, you know? Yeah. Or with your, with your spouse. Carefully things through things before speaking. See, I don't do that though. Yeah. I, do, I just feel like what I, when I'm having a conversation, you should just say the first thing that comes to your head. I do that a lot more now. I think through things a lot more now before I say them. And I just say it. Yeah. Okay. I can tell. I can tell. That's why I have so many friends. <laughs> so the, the point, <laughs> the point of the, the shout out to Scamp Garrett. Scamp. Yeah, the, the point, the point of this is that. The point of why we're doing the five core personality traits is you can think how much have you changed throughout time? 
Yeah. Right. How, how, how different has your personality gotten? Like it's probably yeah, gotten different. crazy different. Very different. At least for me, it has, are you, so are you the, still the same person? Basically all your cells, Adam, remember have changed from seven years ago. Okay. So are you still the same person personality wise? So you're saying psychologically ship of Theseus, my body is the same. No, your body is different every seven years too. Your body changes every seven years. Right. Well. But okay. But you're talking about mentally. Yeah. I'm just saying mentally as are well. Are you the same person that you were? Right. You mentally were as well. You also change. Yeah, I like the worm. I like worm theory. I think I'm just another version of myself. You're an evolution of yourself. But you're truly, different? truly, you know, you're very different. It's just really interesting to think about. I mean, there's no, See, I don't really think I am the same person. Okay. I Tell think, me. I think that interacting with me when I was in high school or college would be versus now would be such a different experience. Yeah. That how would it be more pleasant? If, would, okay. would, it, would we enjoy I'll, this podcast? I'll more? tell you this. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Okay. If you, imagine listener, you do, you do this. Imagine you yourself in high school or college and imagine yourself now, now change, change one of their appearances. Okay. Okay. And imagine you're having a conversation with both of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, and would you be able to tell that that was the same person? Uh, no, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Okay. Adam, how does this apply to modern life? I just think it's really interesting. I mean, psychologically, but I like that. Do you believe that you can change over time and still have like the core, like, you know, in a computer operating system, has a kernel, what they call, which is like the center of the operating system, who it is. You can keep versioning up, but the kernel usually stays the same. So is do you still have that little like fusion core of yourself? Okay, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I don't I, I honestly don't know. When I when you think think about how do I still have the, the core version of myself? But personality it is immutable. Is, does immutable mean change or not change? Mutable is change. Immutable is change. No, immutable is not change. Immutable is not change. So it's mutable. So it's mutable then. Yeah. I just, it's so changeable. Muton. So imagine, So like, you know, when I was in college, yeah. I never thought about money at all. Right. And now, you know. You're lucky to not have to think about that. Very lucky to not have to think that about it. That isn't totally true. I mean, you had like $100 a month to eat food. It's not totally true. Right. Yeah. But... Now, you know, well, I mean, like from a business perspective, yeah. like investments and stuff. Right. And now it's like something big that we do think about. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're saying like a kernel, like, like who you are. Right. Do, what do you think? I think that I just, let me just talk about the baby inside for a second. Just hit him with the baby inside. Honestly, the baby inside is the concept. All right. That everything that you think that who you are is just arbitrary and made up. And really, inside of your body, you're this watcher that's just observing things out of your eyes and just seeing the world and experiencing the world. You're like a baby putting a doorknob in its mouth. You're just like a tester, a scientist. And there's no real personality there. You're just trying things on as masks. So everything that you think you are is just a mask. So who are you really? You're, you're no one. You're an observer inside your own body. And everything you're doing, you've accumulated because of what other people think of you. Right, because because your personality is just a layer that you've put on. So there is no kernel at all. Because a personality is mutable, because it can change. So it is not this real a real thing. Right. Can I ask you this? But people, yeah, sure. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, I like what you're saying about the core core personality, because intuitively, like I I want maybe I just, I want to think that yeah. there is a core personality, 
that does maintain with people. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Can you give me one trait of yourself that has never changed? That is the same. Listener, you think it's, you think about this as well. That's good. Put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. Think about one trait that has never changed. One trait that has never, that you think like, I've kind of always been this. At least. Well, I've always been Jewish, right? Okay. That, okay. Can you give me a personality trait? Is that, is that not a personality trait? It is, but it, it is. And I think it's a good example, but it's not to give a simple. Can you, can you sure, simple sure, lot? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you could go with just basic human stuff. Like I've always been like a, a little anxious. Good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Always been a little anxious in situations, maybe more anxious than, than others are in a situation. I don't think more anxious than others are, though. I mean, everyone has anxiety, right? Right. So are you saying, like, what is something unique to me that yeah. other people don't have? Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing. I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I'm literally, bra- my okay. brain is breaking. I'll give you one. Sure. Sorry. You've always probably been, like, a funny guy. A little different. I've always been a funny guy? Like, a little funny, different. Funny how? A little funny. Funny how? Make so I amuse joke you? maker. I amuse you. A jo- uh, an amuser. A, yeah, a, joker. a jokey joke maker. A clown. A clown. Joker. No, that's negative. But but you know what I mean? You've yeah. always been a little... Think, think about elementary school. Well, to make here's people, the thing is that my, my girlfriend actually told me that I wasn't funny the other no, day. No, I know. That, that was, and that was, that was that, a whole thing. That's perfect to talk about right now because that is such a part of my identity, being like funny, that it literally hurt me. It really hurt. Right. Because I was so, so of, mad. Of your core personality, of thing, yeah. things that haven't like, changed. What do you mean I'm not funny? Is that like, do you really think I'm not funny? I was like, oh my God. Yeah. What but, is this relationship? Yeah. This happened on a hike. Yeah. Adam's, Adam's lovely lady said, lovely, lovely said, lady said that he wasn't funny and it basically just was shut down the good time. Some went, some went down. Yeah. Uh, rough because, hike. Rough hike for because us. Because that is one of the personality traits yeah. that you feel like is something that has stuck with you. And okay. so it's, it's, it's crucial for you. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Okay. You're right. Applications of modern life. We're just going to end identity there? No, no, What's no, the no. resolution? I thought we're on, oh, oh, ending identity? Yeah. I, I personally, I think that intuitively, I think there, there are personality traits that you adopted so early on in your life. Okay. So early on in your life that they are like, it's like a building block. Yeah. It's I, like, I like, it's this. like this building. It's like the foundation that like, it just, it won't budge because the entire house is built on it. So it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah, no, I could never see myself not being extremely funny to everyone around me and extremely amusing. <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I like Do you that. know what I mean? Yeah, that, well, there's things, it's like a circle, uh, an onion, right? In the center of the onion is really like who you are deep, deep inside. Right. And on the outside might be like, you know, I'm trying out some style or I'm being a veg- vegetarian for me is not on the same level as funniness. Right. Because I'm just trying it. Okay. It's on the outside. For sure. And yeah. for and for some people, it could be like organized, right? Yeah. They could have always been organized since they were a kid. More organized than others. Definitely. Just very, very organized. Great point. Great point. This okay. Is, this is a great point. Yeah. So think about like, like it might just be, you know, one or two things. Okay. Yeah. Maybe your identity is just a couple of things that you hold really, really close. Yes. Okay. So speaking of more applications to modern life of, of the ship of Theseus... Let's pull out of ourselves a little bit and think of our material world. So the first thing we're going to talk about is our house. We grew up in a house in beautiful Mill Valley, California. That our parents sold while we were in college. And the house has since been renovated and new people are living in it. Good. So is it really the same house that we grew up in? 
And a lot of people have this experience, right? A lot of people's childhood homes are sold or they don't live in it anymore. So think about it. Is that the same house? It has different people living in it. It may have been renovated or it may have been destroyed. Is it still the same house? Right? Okay. Hmm. Second one. Um, think of um, the insurance policy on your car. Okay. Okay. My car, it has different number of miles. It's not the same car. I mean, it, it has dents in it now. I've gotten in like minor scrapes, accidents. The insurance has a cheaper price. All right. It's with a different company. Is that same, the same insurance policy? Should it cost the exact same? If it's the same car, shouldn't the insurance policy cost the same? Like what's their argument to make it cost different? Right. Yeah. I have a good one with cars. Sure. Yeah. And I actually have the law ruling. Absolutely. Yeah. What the court of law ruled. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So if you guys remember, you guys remember Pimp My Ride? With the exhibit? Yeah. With a TV okay. on the rims. And I put actually, a TV on the rim. Yeah. Put a TV. Just put the, put the TVs on the rims. Put a TV everywhere. Yeah. So I actually thought when I was watching this as a kid, I thought about this. I remember thinking about this. You did. When do you change the car? When do you pimp the car so much that it's actually just exhibit giving me a new car? A lot. So wait, but it's still, he, it's a pimped version of your car. Right. But when is it become exhibit didn't pimp my ride? He just pimped a new car for me. Now you have a pimp car. Now I have a pimp car. It's not my ride pimped. It's pimp new car. <laughs> okay. Pimp my new so car. So when does exhibit pimp it so much? So basically there is a ruling in yeah. the court of law about when the car is pimped too much. <laughs> okay? okay. Basically. Okay. If you're in your car, there are VIN numbers. Yeah. Every everywhere. Car a VIN number. Okay. There can be a VIN number sketched into your windshield. There can be a VIN number on your dashboard. VIN number on the inside of your car. Yeah. Okay. It looks like, sometimes it looks like a barcode. Sometimes it just looks like a bunch of numbers sketched into the metal plate. Vehicle identification number. Thank you, Adam. Everyone is unique. Yes. VIN numbers are every, everywhere in your car. Okay. If you replace all the VIN numbers of the car, it is a different car. Different so much so that you have to get a new title for it. Wait, wait, wait. What, why would you replace the VIN number of your car? It, so let's say that, so let's say that the VIN number a lot of VIN numbers are etched into the metal of cars. Yeah. Okay. Let's say that exhibits pimping your ride. Your VIN number on your car is etched onto your door frame. He takes off the door frame and puts in a new door frame. Okay. That, that car now legally has to get a new title and then it is legally a different car. Oh wait, if you take off the uh, appendage that has the number on it, right. then you have to get a new VIN. If you take off all appendages that have all, so VIN, there's, oh, there's okay. multiple VIN numbers, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Stay with me here. Okay. Eyes up. Eyes, eyes up. up. Eyes up. There's multiple VIN numbers yeah. on your car. If you take, let's say that there's a VIN number, for example, yeah. just on the door of the car. You take off the door, exhibit takes off the door, and he puts on a pimp door. Okay? Yeah. That means that the car has to actually get a new title, and it therefore is a new car. If you take off every VIN. If every VIN is taken off. Then the court rules that you have to get a new VIN number. You have to get a new title, Adam. New title? Yes. Oh, geez. Okay. And therefore a new event because you've generated a new title. Right. And it's therefore a new car. Okay. Obviously this is problematic because if you had a Ferrari yeah. and you crashed it. Right. Okay. And you replaced all the parts except one with a VIN number. Mm -hmm. you, let's say you, Ferrari crashed it. You replaced all the parts except one with a VIN number yeah. with the parts from a Ford Bronco. So it <laughs> yeah. basically is a Ford Bronco with one part that has a Ferrari VIN number. It's still technically a Ferrari. It's still technically a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what is the court ruling on this? The court. Uh, the court, the court ruling. ruling like, the court ruling for that, as far as I know, is that it's still the same Ferrari. 
Technically. Technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do, do you have a, do you have any other examples? I mean, it's just think about like the context. What if you stole the car? What if you stole the car and then took off all the VIN numbers, right? And then replaced the appendages on just the VIN number parts so that you had like 95% Ferrari and 5% Dodge minivan. It's still a pretty good look. I mean, you wouldn't really, but you still have a car that looked kind of like a Ferrari. Is That's a different car. So you didn't even steal that car then. Right. Well, that's actually why they have the numbers. Right. For theft. Okay. But what, what happens then? Like if I take the car and I replace all the VINs, it's not the same car. So I didn't steal the car. If you take the car, you have VIN number one. You have a, do- you have a Ferrari. You take the Ferrari. I stole it. Okay. I replace all the VIN number parts. Yes. With other parts. Right. Okay. Technically a different car. Get a new title. Yes. Technically, technically it's a different car. So how could I have stolen the first car then? If it's a different car. What do you mean? I mean, you stole the Ferrari. You replaced the VIN numbers. I don't know, what you're, t- I don't know what you're talking about. This is a different car. Look at the VIN numbers. I didn't steal the car. Right. No, I totally agree with you. And that's why a VIN is actually like on almost uh, on expensive cars. You can imagine yeah. that the VIN number is on every single part of the car. Ah, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Um, okay. So a literal example of the ship of Theseus, literally a ship of Theseus. <laughs> cool. Okay. Perfect. The Alvin DSV2 is a manned deal, manned dual ocean research submersible. So it's owned by the U.S. Navy. It's an actual example because all of its components, including the frame and the personal personnel sphere that has a pilot and two passengers, usually scientists have been replaced at least one time. So it's an actual ship of Theseus. The Alvin DSV2. And it is still considered... The Alvin Diaz. Yeah, it's still considered the Alvin Diaz. Golf course example. Do you have the golf course example? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Golf, right? Legislation was passed on golf courses that froze the property taxes at a rate of 1% of the 1975 value when they were already, this is in California golf courses, when they were already paying nonprofit level rates because of the highest and best use tax law, which is a different story. So except in the cases of a change in ownership, so if a change in ownership, then this gets scrapped and they have to pay normal property taxes like a regular business. Clubs that benefit from this legislation because all of their members of a golf course are, I'm sorry, all of the equity members are owners. So it's an ownership group. So it never officially changes all the way. So there's no ownership change. And because there's no ownership change, they can keep these really low tax rates. Right. Golf courses, they occupy a huge amount of space. They're paying taxes like like it was 1975. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just I'm just re-explaining it. They're playing they're paying taxes like it was 1975. Yeah. Okay. If they change ownership, they have to go to new property tax laws, 2020 property tax laws. But because they're owned by like 50 members and they only change in small parts, the courts have actually ruled that they never change ownership. Yeah. So this is a time that the courts ruled against the ship of Theseus, or they ruled against it changing. Well, that's the same shit. They're saying it's the same ship, same golf course. Yeah. I mean, you can, ima- you can imagine the ownership group, you know, in a hundred years, the ownership group is going to be full of different people that inherited it from their family right. members and they're or whatever. Saying it's the same ownership. And they're saying it's the same ownership group that bought it. Just so you know, this is, it, it's actually a, a very consequential law because without this law, golf courses wouldn't be able to run. Right. Profit wise. We'd have more public parks. And we'd have more public parks. Listen to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast on golf. That is a really good podcast. Very, it's, it's really, real, real great. Okay. So just to close us out here, we're going to do some politics, but we're going to hit the left side and the right side just to be fair. All right. So we'll start with the left side. Okay. Hit it both. It's going to get, it's going to get real here. All right. Is it? It's going to get real. I'm a little scared. Scared is the best feeling. Scared has excitement inside of it. Okay. You should be excited. 
J.K. Rowling. Love her. Love her. All right? She, uh, she's gotten into a little bit of trouble on the tweeters. Okay. Still, okay? I still love her. Love the books. So what she said was, people who menstruate, period. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. I'm really scared Wombin, of this. Wimpound, Wumud. Say it so, again. Sorry. Sorry. What the tweet that she wrote that got her in a lot of trouble was people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wombin, Wimpound, and Wumud. So if you take away the boards in that sentence and you take away out the context and you just take people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people and you construe it to be that trans people don't menstruate and trans people aren't women. Therefore, J.K. Rowling hates trans people, which is how people on Twitter took it, right? Okay. So it was a huge, huge deal. So is that the same thing as the original sentence? Is people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people, help me out. Is that the same thing as saying, I hate trans people? So you're saying they're taking parts of what she said. They're taking parts of the sentence and they're making something completely different. But is it the same sentence? You see, do you want me to give my opinion on that? I'm like terrified that we're including this, but do you want me to give me my, my opinion? You always. Yes. Uh, I know. I think you have to take the whole sentence as a full context. Yeah. Okay. So that's a ship of Theseus problem because it's coming out of something completely different. And the argument is whether the, what she said is actually the second thing. So that's how rhetoric gets messed up a ton in Twitter and a ton in politics. Okay. Cool. Especially. Yeah. So let's go to the right side. All right. I just went on Fox news. Yeah, yes. I, the J.K. Rowling thing, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to stay on there. Okay, go ahead. It's just like, so they actually, so, because I didn't know, like, that's kind of like what happened. They they they, decon- they deconstructed it and just like, and just used that. You've ever, do you know what Twitter is? Yeah, I know Twitter. Twitter, this is an example of things that happen on Twitter every single day. When so, there's people take something from Twitter, right, that, and they misconstrue it so far deep after like 10 retweets that it becomes something completely different than the regular sentence or what that person said. And so is that the real thing that that person's saying? So you're saying it's a huge problem. So you're saying in language, only when the ship of Theseus is complete, is it the ship of Theseus? I think that this is a really good example that you need to take context into account. And without context, it's really hard to make an argument. But are you saying that language is different than an object? No, language is an object. That's what I'm saying. Aren't you saying, but, but aren't you saying that language, yeah, because of, of the context, how language works, yeah, okay, that language, it has to be full, full. The ship of thesis has to have all of its parts. No, 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 no. It doesn't have to have all of its parts, right? But then you're saying that you can deconstruct language. Yeah. You, I thought you just said that you can't deconstruct it. No, 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 no. You can deconstruct it into something completely different. And then those people that are saying that, that J.K. Rowling hates trans people, oh, they're no, arguing no. it's the same yes, thing. you can deconstruct it. That's yeah. what, but I'm saying like that's what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't deconstruct it. You should take it as a whole. Yes, you should take everything as a whole and in context and be careful about assuming these sentences into something completely different. Okay. I mean, we see it a lot on the, on the left, you know, where we, where we are, we're more center, more center left, right? We see it like with the social justice stuff it gets taken out of context, what people are saying, and it gets retweeted, retweeted, retweeted into something that means something completely different than what the original person meant. Right. I think both sides get taken out of context. Everything right. So let's go to the right. Context. Let's go to the right side. Go to the right side. Okay. So today I just went to Fox News. There are two headlines in the outdoor section. All right. The first one, 
State Park has first known bear mauling fatality. The second one, family picnic party crashed by unexpected guests. As soon as we started cooking, they swarmed around us. Scientists discover new crab with nightmare cartoonish eyes. All right, those, those are the first two articles in the great outdoors section. So if that was the New York Times, the title might say something like, scientists discover new crab. So are those two the same sentence? Because they contain the same parts. Scientists discover the new, a new crab and family picnic party crashed by unexpected guests with nightmarish cartoon eyes. Right, they're about the same thing. Could, be the, the, same could thing. be the same article. Could exactly be the same article. Could be the same right? article. So what is it emphasizing in the Fox News side? That nature is dangerous, right? That it's, it's scary, you know, maybe. And in the New York Times side, that nature is, you know, something to be explored, something interesting, but it's the same thing that they're talking about. So you can see how things, the ship of Theseus comes into play when things get misconstrued like that from its original true form. Yes. And it's very hard to tell which part is the real thing. And this is why it's a paradox. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard. It's impossible to tell. Right. Okay. So let's go open kimono here. Okay, let's go open kimono. Okay, you go ahead because my voice needs a little break here. Okay. I think, I think, I think the ship of Theseus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Personally, I like the temporal sp- spatial analysis for the most part. Okay, which is an object that gradually that moves through time is allowed to gradually change. Mm-hmm. I think that works for most for most things, and it definitely works for yourself, right? You're allowed to gradually change. That's fine if as long as you are the same thing that's moving through the same kind of space time. I think that's a good definition of it. So you can be the same. So objects can have change; they can gradually change. Yeah, it's, what you're saying. it's called the spatio-temporal continuity theory. Okay. Objects can have change. Yeah. Then the thing that makes an object... How much change can they have, though? I think that they can have 100% change, as, as a human does. The thing that makes an object an object is that it is occupied space-time, and it has a history. Yeah. Right? It, it has a history of occupying space-time as that object. I mean, that's what makes something unique. I think that it's... I think that it's more important to think about these questions because it reveals what we value in the world. You know, there isn't an answer to this question really, but it will show us a lot about what we think is more important when we talk about it. Like for me, when we were talking about in the beginning about the soul of the Raiders, that seems to be a consistent theme for me is that the soul of something is more important <coughs> than its actual component parts. You know? Yes. So like for me, the ship of Theseus is really wherever Theseus was. Like the man himself, the soul of the ship. Where did he walk on the ship? And if those are the old planks, and if that I seem like that is more important to me. So you're, you're, yeah. So you're, you're not actually. So I actually kind of went with like a not mathematical, but like a concrete example. Yeah. And you're kind of going with the soul example, the soul as as what you take. Yeah, I love the Raiders example. Yeah, the soul of the Raiders is wherever the black hole is. It's it's in those communities. That's where the Raiders are. That's who a Raider is. You know. It's cool. Shout I have some shout outs. It's a good way to end. Shout outs. Um, shout outs. Yeah. Shout outs to our amazing mother who headlined the, uh, the first part, po- the last mom podcast to you, mom, to you for being a great mother to Sarah's ex-boyfriends. It didn't work out. Sarah's ex-boyfriends. It didn't work for out. Various reasons. Hey, was it all your fault? Probably not. I mean, we love our sister. Shout out to all of our listeners who we love. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, supporting the podcast, sending us texts, writing us on Facebook. Oh, God, you guys are amazing. You guys rock. Adam. What can the listeners do if they like the podcast? We'll give them the one thing. And if you say, uh, just give them one thing. If you're on an iPhone right now, if you're listening to it 
on an iPhone, the, it being this podcast, or you're listening on your computer and your phone is like in your pocket, which it probably is, or on the table, what you're going to do is if you look at Dude Nature, you see the five stars on the Apple Podcast. Hit five. Do just it right hit, now. Just hit just, number just five. Just literally do it literally right now. Literally hit the five literally stars. Literally go, go. It's kind of hard to find an Apple Podcast. Actually means, find it and do it. It means a lot because then we get more higher in iTunes search ranking, so it helps us get listened. So you'd be doing us a massive favor by doing that to hit the five stars. If you're on an Android, just put the Android in your pants. Good. Yeah. Listeners, we love you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Think about the ship of Theseus. Okay. How does it exist in your life? We will see you next time. Think about it. 12 inches around. What movie Bye. is that? What movie is that from? Eric, goodbye. Okay. Bye.